0: He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics, only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks! Have become a essential threat to our democracy. So consider this
1: justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio freedomslips.com, the number one listener supported radio station on the internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution, Revolution Radio! Revolution. radio.
2: Aloha everyone and welcome to Stargate the Cosmos and I'm your host Janet Kerlissen with my co-host Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. and tonight our special guest is Billy Carson and we've had Billy on before but it's always a good night to see Billy back again. And on this show today we're going to discuss things like the credibility of the Emerald Tablets, the real age of the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx, and the advanced technology that was used in ancient times we're going to talk about atlantis was a global civilization and more so there's a uh, page up on aquariumradio.com for billy carson and i've got links to the past episodes that we've had with billy and billy is coming to going to be on uh, excuse me going to be uh presenting at uh, Contact in the desert this coming weekend, next weekend, uh, coming up, uh, first weekend in June, and so are we, Janet and Dr. Sasha and I, are we going to be on a panel together? I'll ask, I don't think so, I think we're going to be on a different panel. Sasha, what would you like to say? Uh, just we're so, go? we're
0: really, we're, re- we're really glad to have you uh, on, I don't know, am I coming through Janet?
2: Yes,
0: you are, loud and yes. clear. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's like when it, when I re- some of the things that you do that I really like is how you've got uh, an organization that gets data for you. And uh, you've got information and pictures and stuff other people don't have and resources to gather them and, and put them together. And so I just I can't wait all the subjects that Janet just mentioned to hear what the latest is.
3: Great, man. Great. Thank you. I'm glad to be back on here.
2: Yes. Well, we need to have you more often, but uh, do catch us up. It's been a, a while since you were on. I was looking. Mm-hmm. I think the last show was um, April of, of the 2017. So, been over a yep. year. Wow, time does fly. <laughs> so, uh, catch us up on your life. What's going on? Uh, we have a book out, and then we'll go to your research and the topics that you gave us.
3: Right, uh, great yeah it's been a while since i've been on it's been uh but time does fly i tell you, it's father time has never lost a battle
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: we're just moving on here um since the last time i came on i've been on many more episodes of gaia tv with ancient civilizations uh season one and now going into season two deep space season one and two and uh, also been on beyond belief with george nuri now three times which uh the most le- the, the most recent episode to me is the best <clears throat> and um Just really been excited about that. I also wrote a book called Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, which is um, in pre-order right now. The book is done and complete. It would have been out already, but there was an issue with the the formatting, which they had to go back in and redo. Because the first 300 copies I'm autographing and sending out directly to the people. So those went in a matter of just days but we're just waiting for the, um, my next sample to come in so I can approve it and give it the stamp of approval so they can go ahead and get the production going, but the book is definitely done. So, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, which is basically, I go through the tablets <clears throat> and I break down the different uh, information in there so that people can understand it and find out what some of the esoteric wisdom is, understand what some of these words mean so they can understand that it's talking about this or that, whether it's technology or spirituality or reincarnation or whatever it is, uh, so I, I kind of chop it up into pieces, break it down, and then towards the end, <clears throat> I have the entire, um, you know, all of the tablets in there, and they just read it clean straight through. So I'm pretty excited about that. I think it's going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to be very excited about it. <clears throat> and um, my throat's a little bit drier. I had an asthma attack a little earlier from the pollen, so you got to excuse my voice. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: I've had those.
3: Yeah. Oh, my well, goodness. Uh, it's crazy.
2: We'll
3: just we'll just work our way through it sorry about that but oh that's okay that's fine uh, i'll be yeah. okay. <laughs> okay but yeah so i've been through that um, and uh, also uh, i've done you know I've, uh, i have a record label we do conscious music i did that because i wanted to reach out to the youth and be able to get more people involved in researching by encoding the music with lyrics that have that talk about ancient aliens and emerald tablets and anunnaki and everything else and so far it's been doing very well uh, we've got uh, now four songs that have fit the charts one song on the charts right now, and my own album came out, which is uh, primarily myself, com- which is composed music, is now doing also phenomenal. So I'm pretty excited about all this stuff happening all at once here.
2: Wow, exciting life, yeah! And then you got <laughs> this conference, and then we've got a, a, another Mars conference. Are you coming to the Mars conference again this year, right, in September? I, don't,
3: in I I'll be out of. The, I'll be in Australia for that. While that conference is. Oh, you on. will be. Yeah. I'll be oh, no, that was already hey. pretty from a while ago I'm going to a partially uncovered Egyptian temple uh, in uh, Karyong 9 in Australia
2: oh wonderful
3: yeah I'm going and to so look.
2: this is um this is a real Egyptian temple so yeah it's, uh,
3: been it's, ancient, it's been there since it's been is super antiquity thoth is actually carved oh. into the granite over there on the ground and um, the hieroglyphs there go back many generations and depict the story of um, this what it looks like to be a mother type of a UFO with little UFOs coming out of it. It's one of the stories that I want to really document. Uh, supposedly, oh. according to the people, here, yeah, this thing actually had an explosion in the sky, and all the little UFOs came out of it. But the thing that made me really catch on to this story was that when I learned about the story back in 2012, um, there was there in the hieroglyphs. There's a story of two brothers who went there, and one brother got bit by a snake and died. <clears throat> The other brother tried to save his life, couldn't, ended up uh, mummifying him and taking him back to Egypt. Well, when I got to Egypt in 2014, the story in the hieroglyphs of the brother returning with this brother, the, the son returning uh, with the brother from uh, Egypt was that was in the glyphs at Abydos. And I said, oh, my God, the story comp- actually ends here. So that really made me feel like that this was an authentic story to go cover. And so I really wanted to get out there and see these glyphs myself and document them and everything.
0: Yeah, this is wow. like the next uh, next chapter in, in the uh, in the most famous uh, glyph from Abydos. shows a helicopter and a mm-hmm. boat and uh, yeah. an airplane, and, 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 uh, and it's so uh, totally uh, beyond modern editions it, that there has to be the story, and I think you've got the next chapter of it going.
3: Yeah, man, it's pretty exciting stuff. So, And it's on private land. So I tried to hurry up to get there a couple of years ago and I couldn't make it. And this year, it's still a private land that's up for sale soon, though. So I'm trying to get there before they sell this land and end up getting rid of this amazing artifact. Well, maybe
2: somebody wow. will preserve it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe we
3: should I know. Uh, get a fund <laughs> going a and buy to
2: it so it gets preserved.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
2: Wow. wow! Well, I, I had a question about the uh, Emerald Tablet. So you've been uh, breaking them. What What's your source, or how do you know what it says? So, you know, a lot of these things are very uh, complicated. How do you decide what it actually means when you get into it? Because I, I read the Emerald Tablet a couple of times, and
4: yeah,
2: and it, it's uh, it's quite profound. And in my opinion, it could go you know several different directions depending on how you look at it. So.
3: Right. I think did, that, how did you uh, make
2: your determination? You
3: know? Well, I went through the, the Michael Doriel uh, version of the Emerald Tablets mm-hmm. um, just because that version had been uh, tackled by a lot of big time people in the past. Um, you know, I'm talking about people like Sir Isaac Newton, uh, of course, Dr. Michael Doriel himself, who was an acclaimed author, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, Philip of Tripoli, Roger Bacon, Carl Young. I mean, this is big-time people, Queen of the Queen of Sheba, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can go on and on. So when I realized that this had gone through that many hands and that many people had access to this knowledge and it inspired them to write their own versions, I mean, Isaac Newton's version is still on display at the uh, British Museum. So I said, let me go through what some of their uh, translations were. Uh, since this was a long time ago and these people have actually uh, uh, brilliant people mostly geniuses have gone through this content and information written their own books based on it and what i had come to find out was that they're all basically saying you know the same thing so that set my parameters and my guidelines for the understanding and the concept of what could be saying plus as you know the way that i perceive a lot of the ancient past i always uh, i always uh, try to um uh, co- affiliated with technology. Because when I look at things like the Bible, the Quran, uh the Apocrypha text, and even a lot of the texts like the Mahabharata and the Bhagavad Gita and some of the ancient texts and, the, and even the Sumerian tablets, <clears throat> once you correlate it to, to ancient technology or technology that's advanced but in ancient times, all of a sudden a lot of things open up. So a lot of the phrases in there, uh, I started trying to basically uh, side by side look at it could this be something that has to do with advanced technology? For example, when he, when he references using magic science, well, every everywhere that I looked at the magic science, we talked about that, and what he was talking about, to me, it translates into advanced technology. Uh, you know, so those are the kind of things that I've done, but I've just gone into the past and into, into some of these other ancient books that are, not ancient, but, you know, old books. Now, the ancient would be deeper than antiquity than them, but, you know, old books from... Uh, or Isaac Newton, Doriel, Tripoli, and some of the other famous people that have accessed this content and really gone through and said, okay, this is what I think these are saying based off of all my perception. And like you say, things can go either way, this way or that way, kind of like even with Sumerian tablets, depending on who's translating, there could be slight variations, but the overall fundamental basis of the story, I think, will stay the same because those roots are always mm-hmm. there. You know, so that's kind of how I came to my conclusions on this subtopic. Uh,
0: you know, uh, what um, I guess in, ahead, the, in the general public, people think that, you know, the main thing that Thoth is uh, saying is you can transcend being locked into material consciousness. Uh, is that your take?
3: That's the, pretty much the ultimate take of the whole, the whole thing, man. Oh. Um, the, your ability to literally, uh, you know, he, he claims to have achieved it, immortality and conscious reincarnation. In other words, instead of just blindly coming back with no memories and, and is stuck in a cycle, uh, he actually is able to consciously uh, incarnate at will and even transfer his consciousness into new avatars, uh, which he mm-hmm. can keep for extended periods of time by going down into the halls of mentee and rejuvenating them over time. Or he can, if he gets tired of a particular body, he can come back in a brand new body. Um so you know, this, is a, this is an amazing concept. He talks about astral travel. He talks about visiting other planets and he's at these other planets so long you could tell that he's outside of space and time because he watches entire civilizations rise and fall. Uh, so he's obviously outside of space and time at this at these points when he's talking about these travels that he's taking to other planets and worlds uh, all over the universe. So it's an amazing story and it's an amazing concept and I, I really do believe that it's possible based off of Now, my own study, my own spirituality, meditation, and everything else, that some people are stuck in this never-ending cycle of reincarnation, blindly unknowing what's going on because they haven't learned their lessons, they haven't achieved ascended master status or achieved a higher level of consciousness, and that they're blindly just continuing to come back over and over again. Um, And I I feel that some of the paths and some of the things that I'm on right now potentially could allow me to avoid that cycle and get out of this loop yes. and, uh, and be conscious you know, of where I go. I,
0: I think what what Thoth uh, has done for you and what you are doing for, uh, for us right at this moment and everyone that, that hears your voice and listens to you is showing a model a, a path, a, a way, a, a path of consciousness. And though it may be a, a dim resonance in, in, in many of us, uh, it's you're making it clearer and clearer to everybody. It's really beautiful what you're saying. I love it. Oh,
3: thank
2: you. Thank you. Well, I also oh. want to add, just before we get back to you, Billy, um, we've been interviewing a lot of the uh, secret space program whistleblowers. And apparently our, whoever they are, the secret, military, they have the ability ability to transfer um, people into different avatars. Uh-huh. And they apparently if they have a super soldier, they make several avatars. So they're not actually traveling through space all the time. They might just be going from one avatar to the next one. Even yeah. while your original form is in bed still sleeping and, and you do all these uh, missions. And then um, we have a lot of people that are coming into 3D physicality and they're identifying with the, the various archetypes, the very god, various gods and goddesses, as though they are a uh, aspect or a, a thread of that consciousness, I I need mean a lot of Enkis and Nimmas and Negashitas and, and, and <laughs> Mardukes uh-huh. and everything, and yeah. instead of making them wrong, um, you know, they've just identified with it and they might be a fractal, um, there's a theory that eventually You know, one fractal will remain, will emerge as the dominant, but I've met so many of them. So there's a lot of correlation with the ancient uh, writings of uh, Toth in the Emerald Tablets. And so the more we look at it, the more kind of proof and correlating evidence emerges from all these different people that are studying it. But I'm fascinated with what you've learned. So thanks for writing the book and getting it out there.
3: Oh, definitely. And what you said is right on point. I mean, a lot of the topics you just, you just talked about and covered are actually in the book, because I really, what I do is when I get to a, se- a section where it's talking about, let's say, for example, conscious uh, reincarnation, I then talk about the Avatar Project uh, out of Russia. Um, I talk about the Avatar Project out of the DARPA military program and what they're doing there and how some scientists have already transferred the, the consciousness of an actual primate into a computer, and it thinks it's alive. It, it, it's still it's, it's going through a computer program that's eating bananas, it's climbing trees and everything else, playing in the field. It can't tell that it's dead, uh, you know, and, and now they've gotten to the <laughs> point where they can transfer the consciousness into an actual moving uh, little robot. So uh, that's the path. Now, if they're showing us this to the general public, then you already know what the military and behind the scenes and the top secret DARPA and the real black budget programs have. They've already achieved this capability, like you were just talking about some of the guests you've had, where people can literally transfer their consciousness into these avatars, remotely operate them, in the safety of the of a facility, without ever being harmed. Um, and you know, the ultimate goal is to uh, the 2045 project is to have by 2045 consciousness into a biological avatar. And I think that one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people are Relating to a lot of these ancient um, archetypes like Thoth and, and, uh, and Enki and everybody else, uh, like you say, fractals of them are remaining. I just did a big article on Forbidden Knowledge uh, about the fact that our DNA literally stores, can store all the data within the entire world in one body, and actually even more than that. One gram of DNA can store 700 terabytes of data, and now they've upped that to five exabytes of data. And they've done this, they've tested this by actually taking data, zeros and ones, uh, books and data. They took the entire Library of Congress and downloaded it onto, onto one gram of DNA, read it on the computer, and then uploaded it back to a server again, proving that the DNA in our body runs off of binary code. We're living in, we're a biological robot. And now they've got the understanding yeah. that all the all the, all the, all the uh, DNA in our body can store so much data and information. We literally have all the information from everything that has ever happened in this entire universe is inside of one person's body.
2: Well, that makes total sense. I George Calvin still saying that, that we are all fragments of the of the whole
3: the yeah. holographic
2: universe. So we have mm-hmm. everything within us, and we are everything, and we are all of it. That's so right. So we just wake up to that, we can stop doing silly things like war because we're fighting things <laughs> ourselves. Well, I told, I, Wait, told
0: joke, I told the joke. I told the world started laughing. Oh,
4: that's great! Yeah. <laughs> I
3: like that one. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm actually going to use that. Uh, but you know, it, it takes me back also to something that I used to hear a long time ago about the Akashic Records. And when I first heard about the Akashic Records, to be honest with you, I, it was about 2008, and I really wasn't too sure if something like this could possibly exist because I was just thinking, like, you know, this is a little bit maybe for me even. A little bit too over the edge, I gotta understand this better. Now, through all the research and study that I've done and now correlating everything to technology, I understand that the akashic records are absolutely positively 100% true true and real. And the reason why I can say that is because we've already now scientifically uh, come to the understanding that there is uh, no data, no information lost in this universe. All information, which is energy, can can only be transformed. It can never be destroyed due to the second law of thermodynamics and entropy. And all the information that exists in, in the entire universe is actually being reflected from a two-dimensional plane of a dodecahedron, which is broadcasting this three-dimensional type of uh, uh, illusion, uh, you know, illusion that we're living in, this holographic universe that we're living in. But we are living in a creation, and all the data down to the micro- are all part of the whole and everything is being broadcast in from from this uh particular general location and and this uh that means that location where the data is streaming in from has all of the content and all the information on it so everything that's said thought thunk done did whatever is all stored in this massive light machine this light computer that we're that we're, we're occupying and all this information is definitely part of the whole so the fact that the Akashic Records exists is true to me. There's just a uh, ability to tap into the data, the light matrix, and pull the data down. That's the hard part, but the data is all there. Everything is there. Well, uh, so, uh, well,
0: well, well, while you're looking at, at the data, I just, when the one, a question I want to know, <laughs> what you're looking at, is, is you know uh, how do people, uh, the radio audience, people listening, get off the wheel of reincarnation doing the same dumb stuff again and again or how do they do it the
3: the the hardest part of it is a complete change of the way of thinking they have to literally and this sounds so cliche because we say it all the time in the conscious community but you literally have to unlearn everything you learned and you have to be willing to relearn everything anew with different eyes a different mind a different heart and i think the most important thing is you take both Thoth talks about always seeking the light, seeking the light, letting the light burn inside of you, getting away from the darkness. So in a way, what religious people would say is, you know, ridding yourself of sin to the best of your ability, getting away from dark thinking, dark doing dark things, seeking the light. Uh, but, but most importantly, sharing that light with others. And then once you start sharing it, you now are both the student and the teacher. So you, you've heard the term before, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the person oh. truly realizes that they are the student and the teacher, and then the most important thing that, the, that comes is when you realize that the voice in your head, when you meditate, when you say a prayer and all these different things, when, you, when the person comes to realize that the voice in their head is actually them and not some outside source, that's when you reach another level. In my opinion, in consciousness, and and when you put love with that, everything else opens up because now you're going to treat animals with respect. You're going to treat your fellow person with respect. You're going to treat uh, everything that you've been given with respect and dignity. You're going to you're going to honor it. You're going to you're not going to take anything for granted. And as you develop these aspects in your life of understanding, and you start to cherish every single. I don't even call it moments anymore because now I'm I'm trying to cherish every plonk unit, which is the smallest moment of time you can even measure. (laughs) I'm literally trying to absorb every plonk (laughs) unit that I have left in the third dimension like you have no idea. I I look out my window and I see birds landing on a tree and I get goosebumps now. You know, these are the types of things that change my life, you know, and it, it just happens over time. So I'm at a point in my life now where everything is beautiful. Everyone is beautiful. And yes, I have to report the bad news and this this and that, and I have to make it look like I'm frustrated and angry with it. But truly, deep down inside, it's a little bit of acting. I'm just trying to make it more abrupt so people can (laughs) recognize it and take note to it so they can make some changes in their own life about it. But in true reality, when I see everything going on, I have to realize everything is an aspect of myself. Even now on this call, I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to yes. you your wife. I'm not talking to any, anybody of the viewers. And from your perspective, you're talking to yourself and so on and so on because we're all part of the whole. So when you come to all these realizations and the beauty of the whole creation that we're living in and how it was masterfully set up and, and the, the technology and the, and the creativity that came to, to send this consciousness stream in here that has the ability to evolve and move on its own, um, I think that's part of the biggest thing that understanding that will allow you to wake up enough inside that, 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 burning bright light in your pineal gland that will allow you to realize and, and recognize that you can literally, um, break this cycle of blind reincarnation. And my next goal after I leave this third dimension is to try to achieve ability to come back in a higher dimension. Um, you know, fifth or sixth dimension. I don't even need a body. I just want to be able to observe the past, present and future all at once.
2: Well, I think wow. when you become so, conscious wait, of me, all, all well, this, the, the one what, thing oh, is, that, go ahead. Uh, I get
0: talking stick after you, though. Go ahead, sure, Jack, go ahead. No, this is uh, oh. this. This go is ahead. about about the, the whole ahead. thing. Is okay, you know, uh, and we have to conclude, or I have to conclude that adversarial. Uh, Things uh, that uh, me- make you feel distant and and, and challenge you uh, 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 are must you know, war and killing and violence yes. and all that stuff. Since it exists must be part of the uh, of the whole thing too, and that it must have some function in the entire. Uh, 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 even the being addicted to a series of reincarnations. Well, if that's the case, isn't that in the mind of God too? I'm I just getting a little confused with <laughs> him. Well, great. yeah. Well, well, you know
3: the. Yeah. <laughs> well, the 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 war. When you get to a certain like, if you get to the level where you understand that love comes first ahead of everything, then you understand that war is a joke. War is just a manipulation by a small group of people trying to utilize, uh, uh you know, more other people as cattle. And so you would mm-hmm. instantaneously be against war. You would instantaneously be against anything that has to do with hurting anybody, enslaving anybody mentally or physically. Um, and then, the, the 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 what I consider to be the mind of God. Well, see what I feel about this universe is that it's a simulation that's created, and it's just one of probably yeah. trillions and trillions of them. And so I see God as the consciousness, life force, energy that's been released into the universe. But to me, the true creator of the realm itself is on the outside of the universe, and it might even be more than one person or people or a group of people that actually program this thing. And kind of like how we have The Sims video game, which is a a video game that has real people in it, dogs, animals, cats, babies giving birth and everything else, people going to work. And now they're saying because of the AI technology, within the next eight to 10 years, The Sims software program is going to be conscious the people will be conscious Mm -hmm. in the game. So what happens in 2028 when all these people are asking themselves, where did our Big Bang come from? Who was our God? And all this other kind of stuff. They're now going to be living in a simulation that we created. And how long will it be before they grow to the point where they create their own simulation within that simulation? So I think that uh, the word God gets a little bit tricky in terms of what (laughs) the perspective is. Uh (laughs) You know, um, I think that the trick is really... (laughs)
2: happening.
3: Yeah,
2: like, really- my perspective is it's already happening that we're in a simulation, that we already are AI, that we, we thought yeah. that we were creating robots. And then, they, you know, it just goes on and on and on. We're in this cycle. And when yeah. you, you get conscious of it, you can choose not to come back in. But, you know, when you're conscious, a lot of people that I interview that... They come back in because this is the hottest game in town. It's the best thing, right. <laughs> you know. <it's> a, <laughs> so you come back at another level, the ambassador level, when you were to come down yeah. like on the hero level and try to right. wake up everybody else. And, yeah. And so it goes on and on and on, and it's fun. And then you stop and you go, okay, well, I got to get up and you know, scrub the toilet. <laughs> you just right. keep real. like Well, yeah, it's
3: a- <laughs> it can get to that point. I mean, I've been my personal situation, which is another book that I'm working <laughs> on, is. The fact that this is, I don't know how many times I've been here, but I do have a rep, memories from two different lifetimes. And to me, this is the only third one that I have up now because I'm living and can not remember. But the previous two, I have a lot of memories from those two, and I don't know how many more times I came back before then. Both previous times I was killed in war, uh, and which is why I'm so maybe so against war now. In this particular lifetime, I've been stopped trying to stop war since I was a kid. <laughs> Uh, and t- talking against wars and fighting and everything else, and trying to open up people's eyes up to the fact that these wars are totally useless to the people that are fighting them because they're being fought by, they're being caused by people who have no care for you whatsoever. You're just ex- an expendable piece of biological tissue, um, you know. So in a way, you're right about that. So that's kind of the path that I'm on. I just feel like um, there's a lo- there's a lot of reasons to come back in certain ways to achieve certain levels and things, but I just feel like this particular run that I've had so far, <clears throat> with everything that I've done from 1977 all the way until now, I just feel like I'm going to accomplish, by the time my mortal, this avatar is done here, I'm going to accomplish everything I was I set out to do here, and I just feel like I won't be back to this uh, to this dimension again. I just feel like it's time to move on to something else. Um, and I think that another thing, uh, going back to Sasha, was that when people realize that they're, that they're not re- – not that they're not real, because you're re- – I mean, talking about physically, you're not real. When their consciousness is, is real, is the only thing that really exists. But when they recognize that their body and everything, their cell phone that they're listening to this on and their radio or their laptop and their table that they're sitting at in the chair, when they come to the total realization and understanding that none of it actually really exists in a solid form – that it's only their brain collapsing wave, electromagnetic waves into the illusion of matter. When they come to that realization, that's the biggest realization that somebody can come to to understand that this whole thing is just a gigantic software program and the next frame happens when the brain needs it to happen. In other words, outside of my front door of my place doesn't even exist as a solid entity or solid items until I walk out of my front door and look out there, then they're there. Just like in a video game, when I get to the next screen, the next screen creates all the different things that I need to have Mm -hmm. in the next screen of that video game. And when people come to the total realization that that's the level we're on, Mm -hmm. we're living literally in a complete simulated system, I think that their eyes will be completely awakened and open to understand that uh, this is just a testing ground.
2: Well, that's what happened. I'm an experiencer as well as a researcher, is that when I would get to different meeting places or you know whatever it would just manifest uh, and, and whoever assembled what they we were simultaneously manifesting something that worked for all of us we would have our gathering or meeting or whatever shared experience and then once we left it was it was not there anymore and yeah. so when people say well tell us about the craft and this and that well we just kind of made it up for the moment <laughs> they don't understand that but um and i just wanted to add that one of the realizations that i myself and many of the experiences are coming to is that we are multi dimensional being simultaneously existing in many uh, planets, uh, you know, areas of yep. of existence in many forms. So when you talk about not coming back here, well there's part of you this and that back mm-hmm. here, but this is part of the back here and uh you're everywhere and everything. So when you get to that level of realization then you're you're totally in the driver's seat and you can do yeah. whatever you desire to do. Yeah. So, so you, a good you get point. To that point Yeah. We, we all chose to be here, so we're no victims. And yep. We all chose to be here, and I think part of why we chose to be here is to be on this radio show and to go meet a contact in the desert <laughs> and perhaps take this whole disclosure movement to a, a higher level because there aren't a lot of people on the planet that can talk at this level this time. Mm-hmm. But I know there's a lot of people, but I just haven't met them. And yeah. so we can up-level all the distance by um, sharing this cohesive field that we're procreating here. And I hope people are getting it out there instead of you know scratching their heads. But I think
4: that
2: um, the potential is there in everybody to get it. mm
0: -hmm.
4: Go ahead,
2: Sash.
0: Yeah. Well, just just that you know the past lives of uh, of of being a a soldier, uh, and now uh, a a prince of peace. That's the uh, the other side of it. That your mission now is uh, uh, to complete. The peace that you're spreading, that's what that's, and you're doing it.
3: I got you, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been on, and uh, it's been a long road, but I think you know, just looking at from where I started to now, I started in private meetings, handing back and forth, talking really initially, then handing back and forth cassette tapes, and then handing back and forth uh, VHS tapes with information on them, and then trading uh, CDs, and then trading DVDs. And then moving into forums on websites and, and, and blogs and then now into social media over the course of decades <laughs> and seeing it go from having to talk privately and quiet to now being able to come on a radio show like this and talk to thousands of people potentially at one time. I could say that, you know, all of our work cohesively has been, uh, you know, taking effect and actually doing very good. I mean, you, between you guys, myself and many others. We've been able to really open this thing up and get to a point now where people can openly talk about this stuff uh, in different forms and different ways. And even in public, I hear people talking in restaurants now about aliens and UFOs and everything else. So it's getting to a critical mass point where I think eventually there'll be a critical mass of awakened conscious people on the planet. They'll be open to receiving the true reality of what we're living in, who we are, how we are really truthfully truthfully multidimensional beings. And I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the things that I you know I talk about is the fact that people don't realize that we're, we we are what I call quantum walkers and uh I came up with that term on my own and then I said I wonder if that's a real term so then I went to go research and look it up and it's actually a real quantum mechanical term where you have particles that are quantum in two quantum states at once and the human brain actually scientifically proven has um the ability to phase shift some of the molecules and, 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 and uh, nerves in the brain actually phase shift out of this realm into another realm, and scientists don't know where they go, in and out, back and forth. So that's the quantum link. That's where we're multi-phasing. We're linking with our quantum doubles on other places, other planets, other dimensions, maybe even in other universes. And um, so that, uh, like you say, is one of the things that makes it even easier to maneuver once you have the conscious ability to move, to move around like Thoth talked about in the Emerald Tablets. You can just literally jump from avatar to avatar that already exists because you're quantumly linked, ca- kind of like quantum entanglement, uh, and move for- forward and back and up and down and everything else in space-time with no problem, with total ease. Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is scientifically proven, but people don't correlate it to the human body, the avatar, and the human mind, and being able to uh, achieve these types of things. They just think that you're born and you die, and that's the end of it. But it's a whole lot more to it than that.
2: Well, wow. <laughs> I totally, I totally get what you're saying, and it, it's amazing. And I don't know how much the people will from um, saying, but let's get this out there. Um, i used the uh, tantra to start going through the cosmos and uh, mm. I, I can't get into it too much because of involves sexuality but uh basically as a as a um a, fe- a, a, a in female form <laughs> there's a, there's a stargate each one of us but i was able to access my stargate through um uh, the mm. orgasmic energy and potential of the female getting into that ecstatic non-stop state of uh, energy and being able to go out of my, my body and project. And so there I was traveling, like, like Toth, yeah. Toth was saying, and through the cosmos and zooming out to the universe. And I eventually made it all the way to the, um, the singularity oneness. And like, I, um, bought the high five with God, so to speak, you know, <laughs> okay. reconnected. Nice. Didn't, didn't go back and stay there, but, uh, just kind of said, hi. Yep. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I'm going back to tell the others. So yeah. I, I know the way, but how do I translate that into um, right. you know the rest of the world? But if I can do it, then anybody else can and other people yeah, this,
3: are doing it so it, yeah, there's different, There's several you know, there's many different ways actually to achieve it. <clears throat> you know astral projection and getting out of the body and things like that. People use so many different techniques that I've studied now looking at different type of um, civilizations all around the world, whether it's chanting, you know whether it's uh, meditation, Um, uh, through tantrum, uh, the way that you did it through, there's so many different methods that can be used, uh, to get into that mental state where you can actually project out. And one of the things that I had early on from the time I was a child, before I even knew what the word meditation was and these types of things was I had the ability to get into myself, get myself into a meditative state and take myself out of certain situations physically. For example, I lived in uh, Miami, Florida when I was a kid and we used to go to the, um, the laundry mat, because we didn't have a washer and dryer at our house. And it would be, you know, 98, 100 degrees out there in the middle of the summer. And you're at a hot laundry house with no air conditioning. And we're sweating like pigs and everything else. So I literally, this is, I'm only seven years old. now. I go in the back of the dry, uh, the wash house, and I sit down outside on the hot concrete. And I said, I'm going to remove myself from here. And so what I did was I went into a meditative state on my own with no teaching, no anything. I said, I'm going to envision that I'm in Alaska. I'm in a very cold place with ice all around me. And I'm going to take myself out of here. And by the time I got done with that, with my first ever meditation, when I came out of it, my skin was cold to the touch, sitting on 90 degree, 98 degree pavement. And I knew from then that there was something special about that. So I began to experiment and practice with it more in other situations. And I had discovered that I had this this ability to not only remove myself physically from situations and put myself in other places, but I also had the ability uh, to, uh, I don't want to call it stop time, but spread time out in certain in certain situations for myself. You know, So that was something that I discovered early on, and also see geometric patterns within the meditation, which some people take some long time, takes them a long, long time of really learning and studying to get to the geometric pattern stage. But I was seeing dream mental patterns also already as a child in meditation. So I had those abilities from early on, and I just continued to work on them and perfect them on my own and started reading a lot of books from back then and studying and just improving and improving and improving. So it's something that's in every single person. It's not that I'm special or anything else or you're special, Like, but there's, very, there's a lot of different ways that a person can utilize to reach these levels of consciousness and meditative states uh, and transcendental states so that they can achieve the ability to put mind outside of body and outside of time and even like when i got into remote viewing which i studied with major ed dames directly that took me to another level you know and i realized how much more there was even out there so there's so many ways to get to these points and if people would just try to start looking into them and tapping into them and finding the best route for them they'll discover that the human body has a lot of capabilities the human mind has a lot of capabilities that they never thought was possible
2: yes. <laughs> yep. Wow, Sash. Question comment?
0: Um, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> awesome. I love what you're saying. <laughs> uh, just keep your uh, free flow as the ideas come to you, shift about and just say whatever you yeah. think is most interesting right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I just wanted to add like when when we um, sometimes we were like in in trauma. Like um, you know, there, there, you're in a car accident or something, and mm-hmm. it slow the time slows down and everything's in slow motion. And it's like, yes. how is this happening? And and uh, so that's happened to me a couple times where, like you said, you were able to slow down time, so to speak. So that's phenomenal when it happens. You can yeah. often make decisions that save your life when you slow down time.
3: Exactly, and you know what? There was a scientific study this was back in the This is 2018 now this must have been back in like the late 1990s there was a show early early 1990s there was a show called that's incredible I think it was that used to come on and it would oh, show yeah. these incredible things yeah remember that show okay right so on one of the one of these episodes they actually took people and put them on this roller coaster and um, it one person would be blindfolded and one person wasn't blindfolded and somehow they were able to get one person a little bit more scared than the other and they had a way of testing how much time the person thought went by versus the person that was more frightened than the person that couldn't see anything and it ended up being that the person that was more frightened and could see everything time actually moved slower for that person than the person that didn't know what was really going on so that, again, proved, and this was a scientific study that they had duplicated, that had been done many dozens of times, and it was peer-reviewed science. That's what really enticed me about it, the fact that it was really a real scientific experiment that they were just putting on TV for everybody to see. That proves that time really does, in the mind, slow down for a person that's in trauma, in a state of trauma, like you just said. So what we're, what we're, everything we're telling people, it's not that it's magical. This is stuff that we're already capable of doing instinctively, but when you can tap into it without usually having to be frightened or horrified or everything else, you can just tap right into what your body can already do. That's when you're starting to working on becoming an ascended master, you know uh, And that's what it's really all about.
0: yeah, um, yeah the, wow. the function of fear is foc- the function of fear is focus.
3: Yes, exactly, exactly. And um, you know I, I think when you and when you then realize, okay, well, fear is an option, fear is a choice. Uh, so if fear is a choice, now I can instinctively choose on my own. I can decide on my own when I want to tap into this this you know, this energy or this power source or this ability without having to be frightened. And that's when you can now move into different realms of your mind and operate in different ways. I think people a lot of people don't realize how powerful the brain the brain has millions of magnetite crystals inside of it. And these magnetite crystals are sending and receiving data twenty four hours a day, seven days a week from everywhere. Uh, you know, birds have them, tortoises have them, a lot of animals have these magnetite crystals, and they use them to navigate the planet without ever having to read a book or a star map. And we have the same magnetite crystals in our brains that allow all these animals to do these amazing things that we can't figure out how they're doing them. We have the same technology already built into our heads, but we're just not tapping into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing stuff, you know? So even Thoth talks about And the Emerald Tablets, he talks about manifesting matter out of frequencies and sounds, out of nothing, out of the ether. And um, Uh again, this is stuff that if, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I would be like, hmm, that might be a little bit too far over the edge for me thinking (laughs) you could just make something out of nothing. But then through many years of research, this is a part of, you know, ascending in your mind and becoming better and smarter and, and more conscious. And opening yourself and forgetting, unlearning everything and relearning everything and looking down the line of physics that talks about frequency and vibration, looking down the line of physics that talks about cymatic frequencies and how cymatics, the frequency, those frequencies actually, cymatic frequencies actually create the illusion of matter and things that we call solid um, and and help create our real world that we we see. You combine the cymatics with the conscious uh, intent and now you have creation. And then, it, you know, you go further and you go into now scientists have just for the first time converted light into matter not too long ago. I mean, this was just probably, I think, a few months ago they converted light into matter. Um, and now this is this is what Thoth is talking about 36,000 years ago. And here we are now just reaching the point where we're, we're now doing it uh, scientifically in labs and and. Um, and it's amazing. So everything that he's been talking about, that he talked about in these tablets is now coming to fruition. And we're duplicating these things, probably because a lot of these scientists are reading these tablets and these Sumerian tablets and, and these ancient uh, Vedas and everything else, because they're looking for something new and they're probably testing out a lot of these theories to see if they really, really work. And I think that they're coming to the reality that these things are so real and actually worked. Here you go. Scientists physics.org. Scientists discover how to turn light into matter after an 80-year quest. It's been longer than 80 years. They've been trying to do this, but so they finally done it. So everything that Folk talked about, he talked about manifesting matter and creating bricks and stuff out of the ether. Um, and here we go. Now, 2018, we're doing it. Uh, maybe not to his level yet, in terms of general population. I'm pretty sure the military has a whole other plan for, for that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. they always have another plan. You know, they, they always find a way to connive and and do something crazy with this stuff but but that's just an amazing feat that we've got so things again 10 years ago 15 years ago that i would have kind of not really scoffed at because i've always been open minded but i would have been like "Hmm, that might be a little too far for me i really got to dig in deeper and i'm glad that i didn't say this is that's ridiculous i'm glad that i continued along the path that led me to research and investigation so that i can discover these new out, in these new things popping up and cropping up, and reading these scientific journals. I read the scientific journal like it's a daily paper nowadays because I want to look for all the new ideas and concepts that come out, and you know, and I want to find out everything that's been written about that uh, has been published in there, peer-reviewed, even if it was scoffed at by their colleagues. I want to know what it is because I want to know mm-hmm. does it match ancient texts. And a lot of this stuff that comes up that gets scoffed and put aside, it's it's is matching what the Sumerian. Tablets talked about the Anunnaki talked about, Thoth and in the Mahabharata and all these other ancient texts. You know, the Tibetan the Tibetan Book of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. All these books, man, it's all matching up to what we got now. We're just trying to copy you, and you rediscover know, everything.
0: You know what I'm what I'm hearing is it, you talk with enthusiasm, having studied and embodied this tossed ta- stuff. You could all, just as well account for the things say. Every, for much saying that uh, the archetype or the Toth is embodying himself in you now right. and you are his spokesperson or an aspect uh, of, of Toth.
3: Yeah, you said it, man, I'm glad you said that. that's an amazing statement you just <laughs> made. You know why? Because I was just telling somebody earlier, because I came up with this album with Donny Arcade called The Return of Enki. That's the name of the album. Mm-hmm. It's out right now. It's actually doing very well. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. And somebody said, uh, we, I can't wait for Enki to come back. And I said, he's already here. And she goes, right. what do you mean? <laughs> inside of us? I said, yes, inside of us. Because the knowledge of him is in is in our brains. We already have the knowledge. And like you just said, Sasha, the, the knowledge of all this research and investigation through the Emerald Tablets and Thoth and everything else has kind of embodied me now. And yes, that's what it means. It's That's part of sometimes, I think, the... the um you know, the, the conscious uh, incarnation or the transfer of some of the consciousness, because consciousness can be split up into trillions and trillions of entities. So there's no limit to how far it can spread and du- duplicate itself. So yes, yeah, some of that information, right. some of that essence of the Thoth has gotten into my my consciousness now, and I'm now spreading the information as if I was Thoth in a way, and so to speak, you know what I mean? So it's a pretty yes, interesting yes, comment, yeah. statement you made, yeah.
2: Well, I, I embody Nimma. I, I totally yeah. identify with nimma And uh, sometimes when I get into these ecstatic states, I can uh, channel her. And uh, so, I I mean, I'm not only a channeler, but it it just comes through, right? It's like, I can go totally into space. I wanted to just uh, add some things to what you said, because there's a lot of profound things that's being said here today. Um, I have a friend, uh, okay, first of all, I mentioned the Michael Newton Institute. They've uh, regressed uh, 40,000 people or something like that, probably a lot more by now. Uh, with thousands of therapists around the world into the life-between-lives phase. And people that are in that phase, and this is recorded in their five books, is that they manifesting from, um, you know, higher levels of non-material um, existence down into physicality, into 3D physicality. So that's one of the things. And so um, A.R. Borden, uh, who was here and attended all the um, the meetings, and he, he, thought he died in 2013. Or, or something that, mm. or he, he disappeared in 2013. He he told him, the story is that he's dead, but we think he just um, yeah. you know had to make it so scarce because he was. Yeah. But he was saying that um, you know that the that we have uh, a ways that it's called Lerm or something. Karen Patrick knows uh, she studied with A.R. Board, and so did Michael Lee Hill. So we need to interview them on how you bring things from non-material into physicality. And mm-hmm. then I had a whistleblower that um. Was um, she was uh, Errol the Gray? So if you if you follow the story of Errol the Gray, that's the one at Roswell that was interviewed at Roswell. That was just an avatar. Mm. She sent herself wow. down to an avatar, and mm. everybody said, "Oh, you killed Errol the Gray." She goes, "No, I just left." Uh, she basically was uh, part of a crew that delivered five craft and five critical cool, uh, points around the Earth. And uh, they were taken, and they, you know, humans believed it was a crash. But no, uh, mm-hmm. they were just Trojan um, horses and they were taken inside all the government installations. And mm-hmm. so they, you know, it was part of their uh, studying humans. And anyway, she said that that isn't just a, 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 an avatar and she called it a doll body.
5: Okay. And
2: then um, another whistleblower said that the, the main, that one of the main reasons that humanity, human beings are so important, is that we have the metagene. And we are able to manifest with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, those powers of being the Illuminati dummy us down, so we can't use our natural abilities. But it's inevitable that, you know, a lot of people are manifestors. You know, yeah. yes. and uh, other people go, "Why aren't you dead? Why? Why? How are you doing this?" And it's because on a subconscious, unconscious level, they're using their metagenes and manifesting things and, and going beyond the odds that are normally. Yeah, you know,
3: natural. So I truly believe that. That's that 100%, to thing. me, that's one hundred percent accurate. I, I truly believe that, um, and um, yeah, that's right on point. I I really do believe that because you, everybody has the capability to do it, but because of being dumbed down and being put into this matrix system, they operate on the matrix programming code versus their own meta code, which can supersede that code and literally uh, break the matrix. You can literally break out of your own little mm-hmm. mini matrix and alter your own reality tunnel and i think most people aren't aware that they have their own we could we collectively create reality as a whole but we all have our own reality tunnel and that we have a little bit more control over uh because it doesn't you know until it intersects with another tunnel but but there's a certain amount of control you have but people don't realize the true power that they have so they just go with the flow and they think that they're totally powerless but uh they don't understand that they truly do have the capability of superseding with simple things even just like a law of attraction is a meta code that, uh, that overrides the matrix and supersedes matrix programming law of attraction type thinking the thinking that you mm-hmm. are god and god is you overrides the matrix code when you really truly believe that if you don't believe it then it's not going to work but if you truly truly believe that like i was having dinner with somebody the other day and they said um i'll, I'll pause while you take you know a break because they thought i was you know i'm spiritual they thought I had to pray over my food. Well, I told them that I blessed my food already as soon as I sat down. They didn't understand what I meant, but I bless my <laughs> own food. Not that I think that I'm the creator of the universe, but the essence of the creation is in me, so I'm going to bless my food. I'm not going to beg anybody to make it safe for me to eat. I'm going to make it safe for me to eat. When I go for a travel somewhere, I bless my path or my travel myself. I'm going to go from, from point A to point B. I physically see it, visibly see it in my mind, the path. And I bless my path from A to Z and on the way back. These are just some of the things that I, an average person, you can just practice this. Before I leave my house, if I'm going to a location where I know it's a busy parking lot all the time, I pre-select my parking spot. One's going to open up for me when I pull up into the area for parking. And I do it usually 10 to 15 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes before. I pre-think my parking spots. And people are like, man, you're always getting parking. How do you get this? I pre-select <laughs> it. I pre-order it. I preordain it myself. It's a it's a form of law of attraction. It's a form of using your power Ooh. that you have over this realm. Little things like that people can practice and see how they start to work and go wow. Then they can get to the next level. But if you don't know if those things even exist, or you have the, or you don't even think you have the power to do it, so many people are praying to a god that they believe is there from a position of begging and not having and being totally powerless. And from that position, they don't have the capability of syncing quantumly with the source energy. The source energy doesn't read that type of programming. That's matrix programming. So if you're begging and pleading, oh, please, I need to pay my mortgage, and oh, God, please help me this, uh, my, my kid's in the hospital, and oh, so forth and so on, and I, I can't make my car payment, that, that's, that doesn't work with the source energy. That source energy doesn't read that code. That's matrix code. That's mind control mm-hmm. codes. You have to go into the power code the medical, you have to supersede that, <clears throat> and when you go above that, now you're talking the, the the power. You're talking the language of the power source, the matrix source. I mean, the the, the God source. You're talking the language of the source energy. That's what Hold that thought. In. We'll be back in, after the crucial break. We'll
2: be back in five minutes.
5: Did you ever feel that things were not quite right? That everything was just ever so slightly askew?
3: Do you have...
1: To paraphrase Morpheus, a splinter in your mind. If you're interested in hearing the latest information
2: about UFOs, the paranormal, ancient cultures and structures, monatomic
1: elements, longevity, fantastic discoveries in science, download it to your brain, then tune in to us. Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Mackie, And we are Shiny Side Out, Sundays, 2 to 4 a.m. Eastern. See you then. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here.
2: Join me weekdays for my new show, Tell Chris Joe. It's going to be a problem show brought to you live from Kensington. Thursdays I'm dealing with hot topics, heated debate, what's new
0: around the world and ring-ins to discuss listeners' problems and offering considered and
2: heartfelt solutions. So join me, Chris Hart, for Tell Chris Joe. Stop what you're
3: doing, grab a cup of Tea. I'm coming live from Kensington. Relax. Let me entertain you with a coffee bar online. Listeners, very personal problems. So that's Thursdays, 2 pm in the afternoon,
2: Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. See you there. It's going to be lots of fun.
1: your data safe do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation Is survival and gardening off-grid living medical knowledge or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is well check out our preloaded EMP proof thumb drive Come join us on Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, right here on Revolution Radio. Monday through Friday for three hours a night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. We will take you down the supernatural path. From ET contact to the paranormal and all of the spiritual cryptid and conspiracy stories in between. You can find us right here on Revolution Radio at spacedoutradio.com, on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, and on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show. Spaced Out Radio, it's a night of talk and interaction. Are you experienced?
2: Aloha, whoops, strange noise. Okay, let's try it again. Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to Stargate to the Cosmos, and I'm your host, Janet kerr with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alec-Lesson. Uh, Teresa J. Moore is going to join us for this last hour. Our producer is Thomas Becker. Our guest today is the incredible BG Carson and um before we get back to our show I'd like to remind everybody to please go over to the donation button on revolution. radio and please make your donation we do need your donations to support shows like this one and the other shows on revolution radio uh we do appreciate everything you donate to us uh, that's how we keep uh, bringing these shows to you a mad painter how are we doing on our goal it's uh
0: Oh, we're please not doing...
2: The last four days.
0: We're not doing real good. we got 21 and 74, and we need 26, so, you know. All right, everybody. We really need them donations, please.
2: Please dig deep. We only have a couple four days to the month, and we don't want to start the new one in the deficit. So please, 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 pretty please. So before we went to break, I little note to ourselves we were talking about with Billy. Billy was saying about how he... Um, With his mind, um, does like a prayer and sets his intention and manifests parking spaces and and blesses and has safe journeys and all kinds of things. So we're talking about manifesting um, and how we can manifest things. I think we can do this. I I do it sometimes. Manifest incredible things. So Sasha, what would you like to say before we go back to the show? uh, And I'm going to bring in TJ.
0: I, I just, you know, let's imagine that what you that what you manifested for your own lessons in life and your own growth is what you got right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that's a good start. Yeah. That's, and that's
4: before, a great before thing. Before you
2: come on, uh, Billy, I just want to welcome TJ to the show. Hi, TJ. Thanks for coming on board. Are you there, TJ? Can you hear us? Did the storm pass you by? Uh, uh, TJ was in part of the world when hurricanes were coming. Oh, All
4: goodness. right,
2: I don't know what's going on. Are you on mute? I see you in the queue. Who, hey, me? Yeah, you! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello. How are you guys?
5: Are we on yet?
2: Yeah, oh. yes. yeah, we're on. We're back after the commercial break. And, uh, I know you told me because you're a um, secret space programmer. All uh, her in the military, U.S. military, and then in the secret space program part. And you were talking about the importance of humanity to the extraterrestrial, because we can imagine, image, and bring things down to physicality. Can you explain that to people? people what you For were me? saying to me previously? Yes, you. I'm talking to DJ. Oh, okay.
5: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sitting here watching everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, Billy.
3: Hey, what's up, DJ? And there's
5: a- Long
2: time no see. I'm
5: yes. no see. She, uh, There's a lot
2: I, of noise I, coming from your thing, TJ. Can you hold can you your mic steady or something? Else? Yeah, I had to, I didn't,
5: wasn't ready to turn it on off of mute, so I apologize. I had to run my doggies out. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, nice to see you, Billy, Dr. Lesson, Matt, Janet. Okay, regarding uh, what you, I guess you guys are talking about. No, I just got here. Okay, landing back on 3D planet Earth. Uh, yeah, I had a storm for the second time show up. And I had to talk and inspire the divine in me, my higher consciousness, to source and say oh, please, (laughs) please, I don't need floating in a hurricane right now, please, God, God, Mother, and Mother Earth, please, because I don't know who else to talk to up there, you know, guys, so, you know, Janet calls it the secret space program, but shoot, they're up there doing their gig, and they know Mother Earth cleans herself, and she's been doing it for millions and billions of years, but I was like, please, we don't need this right now, please, please, I was just... And I pray and I meditate like a blind person you know, with my eyes closed. And I would just please for two days. I've been living like that, blowing. And, and believe it or not, I couldn't believe it. My kids had come over, Mom, I go, is it here yet? We'll look at you know, I had the window open I was watching all the trees bend which everybody can appreciate watching trees bend and it'd be a little rain and I oh, I'd pray more and I send energy straight up to the universe and please mother god please please father help me please please help me I, I know I, I'll do I'll help I'll help the world but I'll do whatever I need to do but please don't let it, please put it away and, and then I the next day okay Today, I said the same thing. Because yesterday, I remember Janet was going to hit. And it was raining. I was like, oh, my yeah. God. Really Sending the kids well, to get in water. The <laughs> anyway, on TV, there's been all these flood warnings. You know, you're watching TV.
4: You're
5: <laughs> and then they're showing you all these warnings right but it didn't affect me i sat here it's a beautiful little gray it just didn't see i sat out in the front yard and then my other dog came down and said well mom it blew over it's in birmingham now i'm like really in birmingham already it just is gone i guess mom i don't know yeah so that's just the thought and then folks it's going to be really hard pressed to teach me This is my second time fighting hurricanes, okay, (laughs) since I'm Panhandle of Florida. So you're going to be really hard-pressed to tell me that we're not making things happen. Because if you really have strong intention and you really mean what you say, I really believe it goes somewhere. So, you know, what puts us in these meat suits anyway if it's not soul and spirit, you know, and the connection to the divine that made us all anyway. So back to you, Janet. <laughs> I'll okay. There.
2: Okay. Um, so, Billy, we have a lot of topics covered. Are we all complete on manifestation or is there any final things? I want to go into uh, the list you have here uh, about the Great Pyramids and the Sphinx and advanced technology and yeah. Atlantis. I don't know if we're going to get to everything. Our- Everything in this last hour, let's at least do maybe one or two more topics. But go ahead.
3: Yeah, okay, yeah. So,
2: can we go over
5: every one of them just a little bit then? Because those are so exciting. Okay. Uh, I know. It'll, oh, it'll be tough
3: to we, get to them all, but we'll definitely try. Yeah, we'll
2: do another show. We'll do another yeah. show, maybe two, because Billy is such a wealth of information. I, you know, it's just amazing with Billy's research. I, it was a year ago we did a, a show, and I, Billy, I think you've just grown. Like, a hundred full. You were brilliant last year, but it was like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you've you reached the OMG level. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
5: You've been doing some other radio shows, apparently, on the Aquarian, oh. so not on Cosmos oh, or Disney. Yeah. All right, yep. well, Billy, you've grown exponentially, apparently, since I've met you, so good job. I'm glad. And Dr. Lesson is always growing because I always see stuff every day, folks, on social media. He's a workaholic out there. So, Billy, tell us what you've been covering. Well,
3: right well, we now… We haven't covered
2: that the first.
3: Yeah, sure. we covered some yeah, stuff yeah, in the first. I, I think we were probably going to touch on a little bit of the… Um, uh, you know, let's touch on the technology part of the Emerald tablets in the beginning, the very, the very okay. beginning… I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that this is referencing uh, a lot of advanced technology. And while we're talking about that, we can kind of encompass the fact of the true age of the Pyramid and the Sphinx, because that kind of wraps into it a little bit there. Um, mm-hmm. So in the very beginning of the, um, let me go to the, this, uh, this part of the thing here one second. In the very beginning of the Emerald Tablet, Tablet Number One, uh, the first thing that happens first of all is we have this flood story that happens in every single civilization around the entire planet. And now we have a flood story in text that's supposed to be over 36,000 years old. And the Emerald Tablet number 1 starts off with the Great Flood subsiding over the land. That's the first part of the, the Emerald Tablet 1. The waters start to recede. People that survived were hiding in caves and in mountains. And now the flood has waters have started to recede. And now Thoth is talking to his dad, Thothmi, who's also Enki, and he's telling him to gather every all of his crew into the ship and travel to the land of the hairy barbarians. And basically, in so many words, he's saying, help bring civilization back to the planet, but start in that location. And then from there, spread out all over the planet. So the next thing that happens here is, so you, now you have the flood story, again, verified in more ancient texts. And then we go to the point where Thoth gets his crew together and they get to the great ship of the Master, is what they call it, Now, initially, you're thinking they're getting into a boat. But all of a sudden, this ship that they get into rises into the morning sun. It rises up into the sky. So now we're getting into a spaceship or a ship that flies or a flying vessel of some sort until the Earth vanishes. So now they're in space. So wherever they came from, wherever they were at camping out while this flood happened on Earth, it wasn't Earth. It was somewhere else. And... um, then they travel to the land of the hairy barbarians on Earth. They come to the land of the, of Chem, K H E M, where we, as you know, we get alchemy and chemistry from. Those terms come from Chem, and uh, which is ancient Egypt before it was called Egypt. And they descend. They see their great one of their old great temples beneath them. So this is beneath the descending ship and descending back down to the to the ground, and then they land. So we have right there we verified another great flood story we verified that these people are advanced and potentially coming from another planet or maybe another part of the world where they actually had to go into high into that so high into the atmosphere that the earth seemed to like disappear whether it was from another planet or whether, whether it was from earth but from a very high altitude and then we have them descending onto the land of Cam where they're hairy barbarians and what this tells me as well is whatever this catastrophe and this disaster was potentially could be another rise and fall of civilization in other words these Atlantean Anunnaki people could have arrived here after our last fall of our last high civilization as we got to a diminished point where people basically forgot everything again. And just like what happened with today, if, if, if everything ended today with a, with a cataclysm uh, and some of us survived, we all know how everybody here on this call knows how to use a cell phone, but none of us can actually make a cell phone. So what would happen is that if by the time we have two or three more generations of kids, They wouldn't even know what a cell phone was, period. Just like my kids don't even know what a payphone is right now. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably when they arrived here at the time that we were in a down state. And um, they then interact with these barbarians. So as soon as Thoth opens the ship and comes out with his crew, these barbarians run up to attack them. So here we have more technology because Thoth raises his staff and sends out a ray of vibration, stopping them still a stone in the mountain. So now he's freezing these. He's got a stun gun of some type. That freezes these people in their tracks, and they can't attack. And we have a modern-day weapon just like that with the U.S. military. It mounts on the back of a uh, of a giant jeep, uh, and it actually has this this stun ray that it sends out towards groups of people and disables them, and freezes them, and makes them turn and run away. So we have a correlation between ancient technology being talked about or technology in ancient times being talked about versus technology in modern times being talked about that's verified, that's here already, that kind of matches. So so to me, it's a very realistic thing. And then once he freezes them, he releases them from its grasp, and then he goes over and he starts talking to them and tells them that they're the sons of Atlantis. Now, this is important because the power that you have when you're, you're an advanced being from an advanced society with advanced technology, and you come across people that are much less advanced than you and the first thing that he tells them is, we are the sons of Atlantis. He didn't tell them that we're your God. He didn't say, I'm your creator, bow, for, bow to, to me and kiss my pinky ring and all this other crazy stuff. He said, we mm-hmm. are the sons of Atlantis. So, again, more evidence that this force, this alien force that came here initially, uh, at least some of them, were not bent upon being gods. I think they were more deified many, many years after they disappeared and then they became you know, human beings turned him into gods, but they were never gods. And he never said he was a god in this entire book. He said he was always a son of Atlantis, and sometimes he called himself himself the son of man. Okay, so he never said he was a, a son of God or that he was God. Uh, so I thought that was very important as well. And then he began to show them his magic science, which I was talking about earlier in the show. To me, based on what it means, is he began to show them his little doodads and trinkets and electronic devices – him, sort of like showing them his advanced technology. And when he showed them that, they groveled at his feet. And the next thing he does is he pulls them up and he says, no, sit down, let's talk. Again, denying the fact of the, the ability ability he had to control these people right away, making them believe that he was a god. He stopped them from believing he was a god. And he, he sat them down he said, I'm here to talk peace. I'm here to talk civilization. I'm here to talk information. I'm here to raise you guys up. And he built that place into a high level of civilization. And then when it got to a certain point of, of, uh, of, uh, of being civilized, he talked to his crew that he arrived there with, and he sent each of them to the different four corners of the Earth, to different parts of the world, to go ahead and duplicate what he had done. So his, his brethren or his fellow sons of Atlantis, crewmates, whatever you want to call them, they all spread out all over the planet. And that's why when you look at uh, the planet today, you see the similarities in the architecture and the technology and the symbolism. It's all the same because it came from the same architects and the same source. You look at Teotihuacan, Mexico, you look at the Giza pyramids, you look at the, the pyramids in China, you look at um, the, the, the pyramids in Chichen Itza, Indonesia. I mean, I could just go Cambodia. Everywhere you go, everything matches. All the symbolism matches, all the, all the ideologies match all the architecture matches with slight different variances to them, but they all have the same dragon story, you know, and um, these, uh, these people that came from the sky and built these places. I just came back from Cambodia uh, a few weeks ago. I was there for a half a month and it was an amazing, amazing trip and going 37 miles, hiking into jungles in 100 degree humidity and 120 degree heat Ooh. to come to these temples and see these temples that were built with no mortar, you know, just bricks looking molded together, and the legend from the local people is that they were the the structure was poured into place in a day and a night. A three mile temple, which is the largest, it's the largest in the world. Anchor One is the largest in the world. Poured into place in a day and a night through some type of probably most likely some type of a laser lattice, where they would pour probably liquid rock into and let it cure overnight. Whatever with whatever technology they probably had. But these things exist, and I was there. I climbed. I was in it. I climbed to the top floor. Not only did I climb into the top floor, I got when I got to the top, I got selected by the monks, and they blessed me in top of the Anchor Wat temple. So uh, this technology is incredible to see it, be inside of it, feel it, touch it, and then you look around and see what we consider to be modern architecture, and you say, this stuff isn't even close. It wouldn't, it wouldn't withstand the test of time like this Anchor Wat place did. So, so you have all this going on in the Emerald Tablets, and it's verifying – that there's technology, that there's a higher level of thought, there's advanced mathematics, there's uh, navigation, because you have to to be able to circumnavigate the planet to get to these places. That takes a whole lot of uh, learning and technology and advanced knowledge that uh, these people, who they call hairy barbarians and lived in caves, obviously didn't have. So that separates them from the people that are here versus themselves, who they claim to be the sons of Atlantis which I believe are just the Anunnaki people, and Atlantis to me, because of this spreading out of the of the clans, so to speak, or whatever, that this was the cause of having the global civilization is why you can find pyramids in Antarctica, pyramids off the coast of Cuba submerged in the ocean. Uh, and the technology is all pretty much the same, the, the, the technique is the same, uh, and then they eventually handed down some of these building techniques to some of the humans that were most likely their offspring, 50-50, these demigod people. But... And over time, the, the information got completely lost. Uh, but it's it's there. And then the fact that Thoth says also that he built the Great Pyramid, his exact words. I builded the Great Pyramid. So in every text that I've read from every translation, Thoth always says he builds the pyramid. So I'm going to take it. That it's probably really accurately translated. Uh, now, the reason why I say this allows you to date the Sphinx is because this. <clears throat> The pyramid, I mean, the, the, the emerald tablets are about 36,000 to 38,000 years old, estimated. Now, when you look at the Great Sphinx and you look at the age that it could be, at first they were saying two to 3,000 years. Then people came along, other archaeologists that were a little bit less mainstream and realized that there's weathering on it. Then they started estimating around the time of the end of the last ice age, and now you're talking about 13,000 years Uh, and they're looking at the alignment of it with the constellation of Leo around that time, and it kind of matches with that time frame, but there was a lot of turmoil on the planet at that time, uh, and a lot of um, wars, and a lot of famine, and a lot of situations that would prevent something like a great, in that region, from something like a great sphinx of being built. But if you go back, and now another guy came forward, another archaeologist came forward, by the way, and looked at the weathering and said it's far older than 13,000 years, this weathering goes back, and he Got it confirmed by a couple of other uh, archaeologists that specialize in weathering and realized it was far older. And so now when I heard that, I go, you know what? Jan- John Anthony West, who rest his soul, he also took a look at it and said, yes, this is far, far more older weathering than 13,000. So now if you look at the precession of the equinox and the location of the constellation of Leo, which is supposed to directly align with the Sphinx, and take it back two processional periods you end up right at around 36,000 years ago when it would be the perfect time to build the Sphinx. The weathering matches around 36 to 40,000 years according to experts now, I mean experts in their field, and you have Thoth building the Great Pyramid 36,000 years ago in the Emerald Tablets. All of a sudden, it all lines up. It all comes together. The ancient comes together with the new, and I really do believe that's how you can date the Sphinx and the Great Pyramid. I think they're far older than what we've been told, and they're really in that 36 to 40,000 year range uh, of when they first were built. And I think that's where it's really at. So it's, it's an amazing story, man. I think that when people real, really realize this and read it, they're gonna be astonished.
2: Wow, okay. Uh-
3: Wants, who has any comments? Oh well,
0: you know, I would, uh, I would just like to uh, comment, uh, if I if I may, that when a, the combo when when the when the, uh, when, when the head of uh, the people the the people of Cambodia uh, was uh, uh, honored and taken in and shown to be uh, a divinity, uh, the priest welcomed him in the way that that you seem to have been welcomed at. Anchor bot, something. Uh, ext- it's really some extraordinary thing the way they singled you out there. Did you? you, you did you yeah. get the energy that was? Yeah, happening?
3: yeah it was amazing. I was kind of shocked because there were a lot of people already around me, and they and then they just no, you come here, and I was like, okay. And my guy was like, he's calling you over. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was so bizarre, you know. And um, and then they put the bracelet, you know, the 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 the, the this um. I don't know if it's a rope or a string that they tied around me, which I cut and I saved it in my box, my travel box that I have. And they tied it in a special knot and he started speaking in Bali and he spoke in Bali and he said these blessings in Bali and he was splashed me with the, the Holy water and everything else. Um, it was just, a, it was just an amazing experience. And then when we left out of there, uh, my travel mate, she had to use the restroom. So we had to cut through a area where nobody's really allowed, but they allowed us to go through there and it was a monastery. And at the monastery, there's, there's uh, the children monks, the young monks, they're kids. Um, and uh, I guess their parents send them there to learn how to be monks from an early age. And you're not supposed to talk to them, take pictures, you can't take selfies. There's an extensive list of things you just cannot do. And uh, as we were passing through, she, well, she asked the guide, if you could just ask the the head monk who was out there, happened to be out there with the kids, if it was acceptable. And he said, yes, come over, come on, come on over here and let us take pictures with the kids and everything. And the guide was like, Nobody's ever been able to take pictures with these kids. It's wow. just unbelievable. It was just the weirdest thing, man. It was just so there was no resistance, there was no anger or no like, no go, you you know, you Americans get out of here. You know, <laughs> there was nothing like that. It was just so bizarre. And I got some phenomenal photos and some great 4K footage. And I'm working on a little mini documentary right now, documenting the trip and everything and all the temples that we know. went to. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: They, they felt your heart, and they saw, and they, and they saw your family, and they, they loved you. That's beautiful.
3: Yeah, it was great, man. It was so great. <laughs> yeah, so that wow. was exciting. A lot, of stuff, a lot of stuff to see out there.
2: TJ, questions, comments?
3: I think she went back on mute.
2: TJ, you there? I'm mute. You. Sorry, yeah, yes, I Yeah, I needed. it. Yes. How may I help you?
5: <laughs> the wisdom uh, of all. Do you have any here. questions
2: or comments? Questions, oh, I comments. love it. I
5: love anything to do with uh Thoth and the temples and the ancient histories and uh, life in general and all of that because they give us the keys to the doorway of life and it's all about the light. It's it's always finding your wisdom in today's time. So I'm all about all of that. You know that, Jean. It, I've done nothing but live and breathe all for my entire lifetime, you know, at least since I found out, you know, going back into the day of the temples and all that and getting my initiation into the ancient wisdom of knowing what's what. And I wrote that Atlantis, you know, based on my journeys with those, I guess you'd say, are that fractal in my memories, you know, but basically everything was about the light and not the dark and finding your way in the wisdom and knowing the knowledge, and that's what, you know, Billy's doing, he's going and finding his way, and how it all makes sense to him, so I love it.
2: Well, we were talking in the first part of the show how oh, we got feedback, uh, T.G., do you have something to say? Anyway, we were talking about how uh, some of us are come down and we're identifying maybe fractals of the whole, so, you know, I identify with Nima, uh, Billy with Tote, and, and I know that you have an experience where you were suddenly back in the um, the Sphinx or something. I have a, a, a recall where uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were blowing up and uh, we ran into the right-hand paw of the Sphinx and then we dissolved into our molecular form once we got past like we're heading towards the halls of Menti and we dissolved it. And those was saying, don't worry, you know how to do this, you know how to do this. So then we reconstituted our bodies um, with our minds, which is what we do anyway all the time. And so he, he knew that we were, we, didn't, we perhaps didn't know on a conscious level we could do that, but he knew we were advanced enough, even though he had been studying with the, um, well, what are the other beings that uh, are down here? Anyway, um, the, any before I go to that, about, these are the
3: lords. Yeah. Uh, that the lords, you the Lord, mm-hmm. Yeah, the lords.
5: Yep. Yeah, we deal with those in the uh, ancient mystery schools, Yeah, so you yeah. right. have to study them in order to leave your light soul body, but we study that when you're studying out of body, but many people are, don't understand form yet, much less formless with light soul body, but I've been teaching that since the <laughs> 80s, that's what drew me to uh, Hawaii, was teaching, so uh, mastering the light souls, the Ennead is extremely important to many people for all things. So I, I, so I, I, what was, was j- that, um, you,
2: that, yeah, that experience you had where you, you were back, back in the um, space? So you want to just tell us that real quick, quick and then we'll go back to our round table.
5: Sure. Uh, Billy, back uh, one of the many experiences I had on my journey, my soul's journey, was uh, dying in this planet and coming back and coming again and going to white sands. And then I was called in the military and the Navy and then worked with the Navy. They sent me to Hawaii. And while I was there, I was uh, bringing together all these people. I was doing psychic fairs down at the Hilton Hawaiian Village, and then I did people synergistically involved, and then Dr. Sasha Less, Dr. Sasha. Oh, Sasha, (laughs) bless your heart. Dr. Laura Sturgis is also a Ph.D. like uh, Sasha, and she had me teaching lessons for her next to her office. Mm -hmm. And so I was bringing all these people together into the light and teaching, and I was channeling from other places in space, so they had me over to the aquarium or the uh, ocean, what is it called, where you see planets, a planetarium, and I was from the Andromeda galaxy and so all of a sudden the men in black were showing up and you know all these people want to know and watching me do this and help people with their healings and seeing UFOs and all of that so uh, on my birthday they wanted me to go back so they had a big uh, we had dolphins we had Terry that taught to dolphins and we had all these different people that were very spiritual people and they all came together from around the world and some from Norway some from Germany and met me in this big home where I had, big pool out in the back, lots of ladies. And uh, they took me back. Uh, we had music, and it was a beautiful, beautiful celebration of my birthday. And on that birthday, uh, many people left except for a core think tank, six of them. And uh, we had me in the middle of the room for my birthday, and they just let me go back in time, and they sat around me in a circle. And I went down into myself and traveled back to the – Pyramid in uh, Egypt, and uh, was inside a pyramid, and I had died, and I was floating through the air. Four men were carrying me, but there was light in there, and it became very real for me. It was a very real experience. And they carried me, and they put me on this cold platform in the middle of the Sphinx, and it was like a top of a a, a box with a very deep, thick piece of cold something on it. And I lay there, and uh, I was I was alive, but I was dead. Because remember, I have a body back in the uh, face spacing back on reality of reality, right? So I was alive, but I was dead. So there I was dead, but I was going to become alive again. So as I lay there, a big black bird came up over me and went up out of me. And then uh, I realized I was being reborn. And then I stood up and I was robed and uh something i don't even know what was um, i wasn't naked anymore let me put it that way and i was escorted into the uh room right below the sphinx so for many years i told them about the room below the sphinx and i'd never read edgar casey i was channeling all this or back in time so i learned about time travel i learned we can be in two places at once that we don't necessarily have to be dead when we're alive and i learned a lot of things that uh the part of me that was so fit at one time because from my understanding at that point I became a very tall giant multicolored man, <laughs> a very tall man and I was very well respected in there and all these men and uh, I don't know if they were women or not but they were sitting on uh, this cement again This and they were uh, blocks up and down like in an arena and they were in that room and they were all priests and they realized I had come back and uh, then I I went through the stars and I face space, but I also uh, later that time was shown in the now. This, this is the same time in Hawaii. My body's laying in Hawaii in this circle on my birthday, 1226. Uh, I don't know what year it was 80, 90, 92, 3, something like that. Uh, probably 90. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 1220. It was on the day, day after Christmas so in this reality. So uh, I also got to go back and see myself as a beautiful ISIS-type woman. But uh, my father had died, and we were uh, going back down, and people had palms out, and uh, people were praising. But I realized that my family was all marching, but I was the young one of the young, beautiful women that knew we were going to be locked into a pyramid. And I was like, no way, Jose. So I had reprogrammed with one of these gentlemen that knew me in a past life. And he took me, uh, they put us in the pyramid for some reason or below the pyramid. I don't know because I can't see the outside. I just know we walked down this big, beautiful place where the Sphinx is and all in front of it and walked down and inside this building. And then I go up and the doors go down and I'm like, Oh, there's no way. She tried to talk my sister going with me. She wouldn't. And so I went up and this gentleman that had worked and helped build the Sphinx because they were built with you can say Thoth, me, my part with the extraterrestrials that I'm involved with now in this life and then 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 too. But we went up and went up and I left on a UFO. <laughs> so I was, I was zapped out again. So I don't know which one of those because they sort of blended together. In the movie, you would see me as this big, beautiful guy dressed in gold and probably one of the great gods because that's a memory I have. Now, this is way – I didn't know about Thoth until I was called Thoth. I didn't know about these ISIS women until I was called ISIS. And so then I learned, uh, I never studied Egyptology or nothing till after I went to Hawaii. And then after that, I wanted to know more. But I never really did study anything until I absorbed the, the uh, I don't even know how I got hold of the green tablets, but I started creating, I was uh, reprimanding someone one day about <laughs> Emerald tablets. And they said, how do you know them? I said, because I, I wrote them. They're like, what? I said, no, I know the <laughs> I know the Ennead Nine. Trust me, I've just got this in me. It's a channel thing. Okay. So after, <laughs> I was just another person that just had a knowing about it. But the Ennead Nine, uh, I've been quoted through years on the radio because I'd mention them occasionally. But it's all about. Becoming what are a the
2: Ennead Nine? Nine. Well, to explain that to our people who don't know what that is
5: basically if you want to break it down it's people that come and manifest as the gods so we have nine areas of being and we also say they're the nine souls of our personality but they are the ultimate and they bring in the most ultimate light and the wisdom so it just depends on who you talk to and how they break it down but they use it in various levels of nomenclature but the government our government is very aware of their non-formlessness or their formlessness and they can pervade. Uh, the seven, you might say, uh, number eight is uh, up to seven. We call them the gods that you've studied with uh, the Jewish, I guess. And then after that, you might say that after number seven, we have the eighth level. And they, that level of existence can do all time and space and make the planets and the earth and things like that. So there's form and formless, less, Right. So, we're talking, I don't know how Billy would explain it, but each one has a particular time, place, and space, and it pretty much pervades all eons through what we call time, space, but you know, without time and space, there you don't have gravity either. So, these are the beings that can come and go us at will, and they're forever, in, they're the infinite greatest thing that you can ever possibly imagine. So, Billy, would you say that they are formless thoughts that are beyond? Infinite? Yeah,
3: they have a lot of. They have the capability of being the essence of um, some type of a level of consciousness, but at the same time, when they intersect with biological entities, they have the capability of each aspect of one of the lords has the aspect of being one of the chakra systems in the body. So one lord has the crown chakra aspects, another which are you know. Uh, Thought, wisdom, knowledge, and spiritual connection. Then you have the, uh, you know, all the way up. You have the uh, throat chakra, the heart chakra, the solar plex chakra. Uh, each one of these lords take on the or have the aspect of one of these chakra systems, which is duplicated in the human body. Uh, and it's um, this is one of the things that I talk about actually in the book, where you know, even in the Bible it says, um, the way is narrow, the the road is narrow, and only a few will find it. That narrow road is the chakra system going up the spine up to 33 vertebrae and tapping into the power and energy that comes from these seven lords that rule from outside of space-time, the ones that you're talking about, Uh, which we talked about, the animal tablets.
5: That's interesting, because I've always taught that to the younger generations, and I'll be teaching it again, but teaching the colors of the chakras, that's good, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, but Janet, we teach all the way up to the eight and nine, but Janet, remember, we talk all the way up from the universe, multi-medicino, omni, and then we go above the the omni, so we keep going up the verses, Janet would always call it the Russian dolls, Mm -hmm. but Janet, that's why we don't care about the nomenclature, it's about learning to be a, a being of light. Mm -hmm. of energy that's forever immortal it's always infinite but the government knows we know about this and they also know we teach it in the life cycles but if you learn about the energy going outside and inside and you can rotate them all your chakra balancing all the way up through your you know grounded all the way up through your pure system that's also how we got the C's around for the medical the medical uses right right.
3: the good yeah and and, mm-hmm. and, and and even in the Emerald Tablets, they mentioned that uh, there's seven lords, but there's also an eighth and ninth lord. And uh, those are the eighth and ninth chakras. So, well they have the uh, they have the aspects of the eighth and ninth chakra system, uh, which the eighth is uh located like right above the crown chakra, and the ninth is located also right above the ca- crown chakra. So almost they're almost sorry, but, uh t- on top of each other. But so you okay. have all nine lords accounted for in the chakra system and with yeah. the aspects of each one so- of the chakras.
5: The ninth is you're covered in gold. And I've actually seen that among the gods working with them, which is amazing to me. And I told Janet the two times I knew I was on the right path spiritually was when I saw gold dust and a light gold. Janet, remember when I told you about being in Hawaii? and you then found, my That's the ninth chakra. Wait, wait, slow down. The
2: ninth. You saw you're, you're. I'm not in the context of when you saw the gold dust, but... Anyway, I want to, I wanna, um, let's have Sasha say something. We're going to go round table here. We're, we're at uh, 538 for me, so we've got... Uh, yeah,
0: say, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, thank I, you. I, yeah, here's the shot. Uh, yeah, I, I find,
2: else,
0: I find it, it really, really useful to indeed uh, look at uh, what it is to, to transcend a, a level or to go on to a higher God. It's not that it's when you transcend a level of consciousness by uh, embracing the uh, parent opposites within them, You transcend the level, but you don't lose it. You don't lose uh, the fact that you're this avatar just because you're also uh, a, a high spiritual being that exists on other planes, too. So it's okay it's okay to uh, rise above whatever you think you are or whatever you're identifying with and realize you're also the opposite of that too, and so is everybody else. And yeah. that's what frees you from a level. And the incest at any level of consciousness is to over-identify with what you think you are and, and keep denying that there's something you ain't, because if you think you ain't, it, it's that's the part of you that you're not at
3: peace with.
0: And it's really very simple. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. You hit it right on the head, man. And that's you know, amazing that you just brought that up. Because one of the things I talk about in the book are the yin and yang. And I think that the yin and yang, originally, the original source for that, most likely, because now I'm finding out a lot of these these new systems, I call them new, even though know, they're old, but they're not ancient like the Emerald Tablets. They come from, or they have something very similar, I should say, inside of the Emerald Tablets. And one of the similarities that's talked about in there is the aspect of this yin and yang type of energy, where you're both the light and the darkness. And uh, kind of like what you just said, and, and being able to, but knowing that you, were, you have the darkness in you, but seeking the light and bypassing it to get to the next level. That's literally in the Emerald Tab. It's crazy. It's just it's literally in there. So, <laughs> that's just amazing. Beautiful. Yeah.
2: Well, we, we are sense. 50-50, and so in order to break the cycle of reincarnation, what you're talking about is you have to go at least 51% into um, you know, giving, you have to be mm-hmm. 51% yeah. giving, and, yeah. and then that's how you transcend and you have shifted from this 50-50 polarity dichotomy universe, and one of those is like we're awakening your, your chakras in, your awakening. Mm-hmm. and the kundalini awakening, and the kundalini goes through and cycles through your chakras. And so, you know, I've had a kundalini awakening. It's not to say that I'm, I'm enlightened, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I've I've uh, I have an awareness of it and the potentiality. And and uh, on some level, I'm still here, so I'm back here in the journey, experiencing it. And but uh, this um, kundalini awakening status actually reconnects you all the way to source and then you start uh, being more conscious and where you can start downloading. See, Sasha, Dr. Lesson and I, we've been teaching Tantra since we met back in nineteen ninety seven. So Sasha was a Tantra master and he was uh, working with Charles Muir, who was the one who brought Neo Tantra to the uh, United States in the mm. what was it what was that in the early eighties or something, honey? So I' uh, so when I came to this, uh, my my home is called the Temple of Tantra, legally. Okay. That's the name. You <laughs> can Google it the Temple of Tantra. And so uh, we've been studying all this, and that's, of course, you know, when I I found the Emerald Tablets, it's like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on. Oh, I wanted to mention about the, the yin-yang symbol. So I think the yin-yang symbol was left by Enki. I got this, like, psychic kid to help us have a symbol because, you know, the real language is symbolic. When you when you have telepathic communication with extraterrestrials, it's in concepts. It's not words. People want to go. What did they say?
3: Well, yes. It's a
2: concept. So Nassim Harriman, who is going to make contact in the desert, he has an animation of the yin yang. He he animates it. It spins. And what it does is, it, it, there's the black and the white um, colors. You know, the whites <laughs> and the the black and the black. That is the singularity. And so when it's when it when it cycles around. It actually aligns, and that's your, your your portal, your stargate, your singularity. And um, he mathematically aligns all the singularities within the smallest, what you call a plank, or the molecules, or, you know, all the way up to the largest thing we can ever conceive, a universe, I guess. And everything has a singularity, and he mathematically charts it as all in a line, so everything is one on the Vashivaya. So yeah. it's brilliant. I hope that I get a chance to see it. Okay, we're. Uh, I've got about 15 minutes left. Um, Billy, what else would you like to introduce us to? And then we'll, and then we'll do one final feedback uh, well, on
3: that. I just think that, um, you know, based on my research, I, I, I gotta, you know, overstate this because I think people need to understand the ammo tablets were real. It's not something that was fabricated. Not something that was made up. Um, the, um, the tablets were deciphered by many famous people over many years, hundreds of years. Um, and um, the knowledge that's inside of them is, is basically the fundamental basis for almost all religions, no matter where you look, especially uh, Christianity, more than anything. Uh, and what it what it leads me to believe is that Thoth is most likely an incarnated Jesus, or Jesus was an incarnated Thoth, or his son, one of the two. Uh, I know that Jesus did grow and was, uh, first of all, I know he was a real person. A, a lot of people don't think that he exec- existed, but I've been to his house in Egypt. The Bible makes a reference to him being called back from Egypt when he dis- after he disappeared for from the age I think it was 14 to 33, but when I went to Egypt, there's actually uh, uh, now a Coptic church which is where he lived inside the basement, which is now like a shrine and everything else and all the some of the things that he had there, and he, he lived there with his mom before he went to the Egyptian, while he was attending the Egyptian mystery schools. And then from there, he left the Egyptian mystery schools and headed off to India and Tibet to learn Reiki, healing, and everything else. And this is all well-documented. So it was a real person. He wasn't. His name wasn't Jesus. His name was Yeshua or Joseph, really Yeshua. Uh, Jesus was uh, something, um, it's kind of interesting the name Jesus. It didn't even have a J on it. A J was added, but it really was Isus, which more like sounds like Zeus to me. So, was his right, father Zeus, right. or is he Zeus reincarnated, you know? <laughs> it, or is uh, he
2: just uh, Zeus that came down in his avatar?
3: Right, but, exactly.
2: But um, there's a lot of theories uh-huh. that. We could do a whole show on Jesus, but... But, Jerry, you know that, that's
5: in me, and when I used to do radio shows, they knew that Zeus, or, or the daughter of Zeus... Breaking up and then the Indians would make fun of me and say he came from you know
2: it's. I can't hear you TJ it's like really breaking up maybe other people can hear you but I I can't make out what you're saying I'm not sure what's going on
5: okay I'm sorry I said that's just funny that the same story as what I had, Billy, and in what I taught for years, the same thing, because it is the dark and the light and both sides of the energy going up the caduceus, and we do have to work with our dark night of the soul, and we have to, every time we lean forward into thinking we're getting light, some other door opens and it brings you into the dark or in the physical, right? So you have to always be working in the positive and the negative. It is yin-yang, so we all got it right. We all know what's going on.
2: Yeah. yeah well, we we're talking about the jesus story yeah. so um and i missed what you said but yeah, sure. um it was with a y not a j right yeah, okay so but. go ahead uh, really continue uh, continue what you were saying about the jesus story so you 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 think there's
3: a i think there's a there's chance that... i think there's a chance Jesus
2: is to... a spiritual Jesus. yeah go ahead
3: yeah there's probably there's probably well there's definitely two probably even three because one is a one is astronomical you know uh, astronomical and then one is um uh, is probably spiritual, and the other one is actual, a physical person. The physical person itself, who comes from Mary, who um, was a virgin birth, what you find out when you read the Apocrypha text that was kept out of the biblical text, you discover that Mary's mother was also a virgin birth. So Mary was a virgin birth as well. Now, when you see this happening, two virgin births in the same bloodline, It means that somebody with power, with technology, is establishing a specific bloodline for a specific purpose. Uh, I think that Merovingian bloodline is still um, alive today. And one of the things that I've recognized through my studies is through the Sinai Bible, which predates the King James Bible by many hundreds of years. um, The Sinai Bible, there is no crucifixion. Jesus was never killed. Uh, And now they have discovered the, I think it was six years ago, they discovered the book of Jesus' wife. And uh, it was taken to Harvard University, it was studied there, it was studied all over the world at many different places, to study text and ancient writing and everything else and make sure it was authenticated. Then it was finally authenticated. And in this, uh, he was married, most likely to um, Magdalena. And that means most Mm -hmm. likely he probably had kids. So this Yeshua person, who we're calling Jesus, uh, did live, did attend the Egyptian mystery schools, was a, a virgin birth, and if, and if that's true, then that means he was an artificial insemination. It doesn't mean it was magic. It doesn't mean it was somebody who waved a magic wand. It means somebody with technology did an artificial insemination, combining their DNA into a zygote, putting that zygote back into the womb of Mary and let her carry the term, which we do in modern days right now. And the same thing happened to Mary's mother, Jesus' grandmother. So that means we're looking at a an, uh, an advanced culture uh, utilizing a specific bloodline for a specific purpose. And because a lot of the words that Jesus talks in the New Testament of the Bible match Thoth's words almost identically from the Emerald Tablets, you have to now question and say, is he Thoth or the son of Thoth or is he a direct student of Thoth? I'm, I'm starting to really think that he might be an incarnation of Thoth himself. Um, just because the words that he's using, and I match them up in the verses inside the Emerald Tablets uh, with some of the biblical verses so people could see them side by side, that this is an incredible uh, anomaly. It shouldn't, I mean, mean, the fact, one or two things sounding the same, but 10, 15, 20 things sounding the same, it shouldn't be possible. So I think it's amazing. It's an amazing story. And I think that uh, a lot of religions have fundamentally based their ideologies off of these emerald tablets and then added their own turn to it to make it into whatever they wanted to make it into, but uh, but originally, the source seems to be these tablets for a lot of the, a lot of the uh, religions out there.
2: Well, Billy, I want to just interject something and then I'll go round table here. Um, I have a researcher, Glen Bow. he's Canadian, uh, he's an attorney, he's brilliant, and he says that with his research, and he's got a new book coming out, he says that um you know, Jesus is actually Enki, and Mary is is Nima, and that the wedding in Canaan was theirs, and every time you have a virgin birth, it's just a warping of the story of the, the experiments, you know, uh, in Africa, you know, South Africa, the the, uh, the labs, so um, it's just a warping of the story, and then he ties it through the modern era, he says that, um, you know, Mary uh, when she came to the Fatima, it ties into that, Guatemala uh, he said that thre- he he's tracked them down the three of them Anki, um, Nima and Damkina. Uh, they traveled together all over the so you know, we we have them dying and being Reborn again because we, humans can't understand how somebody could be <laughs> alive, true. you know, 5,000 years later Very but, true. Uh, He has a I-, I would love to do a show with you and uh, Glenn Boge because mm-hmm. you know, we're we're looking at. It. I don't have the answer. I mean, when I listen to this, I go, "Oh my God, that's it!" Because um, uh, Nammu was uh, the black Madonna, and they made, in that term they meant that she was uh, shamed because she had a baby with um, she had Ninurta um, uh, with Enlil, mm-hmm. yes, and her Anlil. father forbade her to ever marry. So, so Enki ended up, his, her beloved, and ended, ended up with Dantina. So what happened was that Canaan finally, they, they basically said, screw this dad, we're getting married anyway. And so that was their marriage, Enki and Nima, as Jesus, it was actually Jesus, and... Um,
3: that makes and a lot of sense, it's very possible, it makes it a makes lot, lot of sense.
0: If I may, I would just like to interject that for many, many people. Uh, The the archetype or fractal uh, of Jesus has come to mean open your heart, uh, unconditionally love everybody. That's the key out of this whole mess. Mm. And I think that whatever uh, realities uh, it doesn't, that is such a pervasive archetype for people that wish uh, the the light of everybody here to shine. And uh, that's really a big one, I think.
3: Yeah. And you're right. That's perfect. I think that people don't realize that there isn't, there are, there are no Christians in the Bible. I mean, it doesn't even exist. Christians come long after, uh, you know. And then you have Baptists and this one and that one. The whole story has been twisted and turned. The message has been turned. You hit it right on the head, Sasha. That the message is exactly what you said. It's a Christ consciousness. It's a type of. Love and understanding that you have for your fellow man and the and everything in the universe, and that's what takes you to the next level. And it has nothing to do with a lot of the, you know, crazy ideologies that have kind of been put out into the mainstream with these control systems and everything else. But the real message of Jesus has been completely lost. Um, and whether he would, whether you think he was, people think he was real or he wasn't real or whatever, it doesn't matter. The the, con- the consciousness of it, what the meaning is behind the thought process and, and the energy behind it. Is nothing but pure energy and pure love. And I think that uh, that has really gotten lost in the fray of all these different uh, stories and everything else. But if people focused on that, if we just focused on that. This whole planet would be OK.
2: Well, we oh. have the DNA since we all come from Enki and Nima and uh, you know, talk, they all added their DNA into this, and we have that DNA, we have the crisis consciousness DNA within each and every one of us, all we need to do is activate our own DNA, and we can do that through our mind, you know, mm-hmm. we don't need an outside force or intervention, right. we just can do it through our own spiritual practices, and, and just the, the awareness that that's, that's possible to do, permission, we have permission to do it, and we can do it, and then everything in a twinkling of an eye can shift, and we can Move past war and separation, and realize exactly. that we are at the highest level and on uh, all levels one. So that we—that's um That's, uh,
3: that's yeah, like my message.
2: Yeah, I tell Go people ahead. all
3: the time: the only way out is in. You have to take a journey to inner space. Until you do that, you'll mm-hmm. never figure it out.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah this time well, yeah, we, don't yeah, have,
0: um, we don't have. To, we don't have. To sh- we don't have to shaft the Grand Tutor this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: yeah, not
2: have climb up. I mean, uh, Jesus doesn't have the climb up on the cross anymore. So maybe right. we can move to the reality that there was no crucifixion that we all wanted to love. Okay, right. we have two minutes left. Um, well, remember in, in, the key is
5: three—the power of wisdom and love. You know that. That's the power of three. You have to have a point of origin. So always use the power of three, mm-hmm. right, Billy? Yep,
3: absolutely. Three six <laughs> yes. nine. You want to tell
5: <laughs> Okay, we'll give the last word for Billy um, on how to get in touch
2: with him. Yeah, Billy, uh, yeah. your last word tells us about your your website and you, and your book coming up and anything else you want our listeners to know. Get away.
3: Okay, great. Uh yeah, my Instagram account, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, social uh, even my social media, my Onstellar. I, we have a new social media private social media account now called Onstellar, O N S T A L L E R. It's Forbidden Knowledge with the number four. So that's the number four, B-I-D-D-E-N-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E, Forbidden Knowledge with the number four. My YouTube channel is also The Forbidden Knowledge with the number four, T-H-E, Forbidden Knowledge. Uh, I do have a book on pre-order right now. It's done. It's in um, pre-production. It's called The Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. And um, the first 300 units have already been sold out. I'm going to uh, update the cart now that I've got the the draft coming in so that I can get the production completed and ship out as many as we need and get it on also Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So I'll probably update that tonight Add another hundred, another hundred books available to the queue. Uh, And uh, I'm going to be speaking at contact in the desert coming up here, June 1st through 4th. I'll do two lectures out there in Irvine, California. And then I'm speaking again at uh, another conference in October and another one in uh, September. I got so many (laughs) conferences coming up that I'm going to Australia. but uh, it's is going to be exciting I've got a lot, a lot of exciting stuff going on so just follow me on Forbidden Knowledge on anything just type it in, you'll find me
2: thank you that's
0: our show today, much love and blessings and aloha, and Billy, stay on, we'll talk
2: to you after this okay Bekei aloha B-K, aloha
1: Thank mm-hmm. you. Listening to Revolution Radio at FreedomSlips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of this program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held. For any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Most guys freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer
3: it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows your screw.